Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of The Stoop here on Blog Talk Radio. I am your host, Jonathan Raggis. Alongside me, my partner in crime, my confidant, my wingman, Jeff Perini. What's going on, man? It's great to be here. Another big Monday. Um, something kind of scary. Uh walked out of work today, and I saw this big yellow fireball in the sky. What was that thing? I think it was the sun. It's become a stranger. I haven't seen it in a while, but uh, it's nice to see it. It's nice to get home, and it's still nice and sunny out. And, of course, it's great to be here another big Monday on The Stoop. Yep, always having good, good times here on The Stoop, and we were looking forward to this show because tonight we're going to be joined by Neil Middleton and Sean Memphis Hennessy of Royal Bliss. Man, really looking forward to this show for the last week, but we got to send a super huge thank you out to Brian Quinn, guitarist of Candlebox, for joining us last week. Had a really good time talking to him, man. And uh, they just had a show here uh, in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, at the Sands with Three Doors Down just Thursday night and was watching some of the uh, fan videos and looking at some of the photos. Looked like a damn good show, Jeff, man, and we missed it. Looked like a great show. They were a great band. Um, You know, I love bands like that and guys have been around for a while with a big following. Tonight's band, Royal Bliss, is no exception. Um... Big following, great music. I was making myself familiar with more of their stuff this weekend, and uh, good stuff. I'm excited to have them. I, I like, you know, like me some rock stars. You guys got great stories, and uh, they're most of them are pretty humble because they, you know, they know they had a tough beginning to get here, and uh, it's always fun. Absolutely, man. Absolutely, man. So uh, Neil Middleton and Sean Hennessy of Royal Bliss will be joining us around the eight o'clock uh, Eastern Time hour here. So uh, until then, we're gonna do what we do best, and. We're just going to talk it up. Um, always, our top five list is one of the things we love to do here on The Stoop. So tonight we're going to debut another top five list, and it's our top five favorite band names. Yes, it's our top five favorite band names. A little bit wacky, a little bit funky, or it could just be something that we just totally loved and it made us fall in love with the band. So, Jeff, kick it off, man. All right, I've got uh, some obscure ones, but uh, I kind of stuck with ones that uh, – Folks out there may have heard of. Some of these bands are not really favorite bands music-wise, but the name's just great. Um, As I told you earlier, I avoided uh, the real crazy stuff like uh, Alien Sluts from Uranus. I didn't think that was fitting. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, here's a list. Um, Coming in at number five, and we we got the tie again at five. It's just so hard to leave people out. So number five, I went with uh, Big Head Todd and the Monsters. Uh, 80 band. That's an interesting name right there. I've always loved that one. And uh, that one hit wonder, that song that sticks in your head, that tub thumping, it's Chumba Wumba. <laughs> I love that name, man. I love to say Chumba Wumba. And that song, you know, when you don't hear it all the time and it, you start to hear it again, it wedges in your brain, man. It's a great tune. Uh, number, four is, number four is just so simple, but so crazy. I've always loved it. It's the, the. Um, <laughs> That's it, the 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 what? Yeah, I remember the, them. It's such a great name, man. It's uh, it's almost smug, if you will. Like uh, screw you, here's our name. It's the the and uh, deal with it. But I like that one. Number three, a, a name I always forgot, always had a hard time remembering, but finally got it. Six pence, none the richer. Um, I don't even know what the hell it means. It's just so it's bizarre. It's a, it's a funky name. I've always liked it. Always cracked me up. I've called them everything from six pence to hot bowl to six pence uh, penny wise and never remembered it. And, you know, obviously for the show, I want to make sure I nailed it. So that's it at number three. Yeah. And it's one of those uh, names of a band where the name is actually better than the band. So 
Oh, Leeds better. I've always liked the name, and the band is terrible. But <laughs> number two is a this is a band I've always loved, and it always cracked me up because as a kid I could never say the name in front of my parents because <clears throat> they would look at me like I was just nuts. And that was the Butthole Surfers. Oh hell yeah! Um, it's it's a hilarious name. It's uh, something like a high school kid would come up with, and uh, they had some rocking tunes and out there band man, but some good stuff through the years. Butthole Surfers. Number one, uh, I had to go with somebody popular, somebody commercial. Because you know when they first came out with this band name, nobody thought they would get there. Um, matter of fact, one of their first songs was True Men Don't Kill Coyotes. Uh, it's the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Hell yeah, man. And I know it's commercial. We've been saying it, but it's such a wild name. And now that they're commercial, the radio stations try to dumb it down to the Chili Peppers. No, man, it is the Red Hot Chili Peppers. It's creative. It's funny. It's fun. They have lasted forever. So they, they merit the top spot for not only having a funky name, but being a big band that has lasted that long. Absolutely. Awesome list, man. Awesome list. I was going to go with some funky, funky names, but then I turned around and said, you know what? I'm going to go with with just names of bands that just always sat with me, just something I always loved that I remember listening to or hearing the first time as either a kid or a young teenager. So number five, and I got no ties, so it looks like you're going to be the king of ties from now on here, Jeff. Um, okay. Number five for me, I go with Halloween. And the reason why I no. go at Halloween is because not only are they are they just a phenomenal band with phenomenal music, I just always love that name, man. I remember as a kid hearing that name, Halloween, and I was like, wow, that sounds freaking awesome. Let me check them out. And I instantly fell in love with their music. So Halloween is up there, number five on my list. Number four, the band you know as And You Will Know Us by The Trail of Dead. Just always love that name. Just is such a <laughs> kick-ass name. Um, you know, it's, it's seriously, man, it's one of those names that just stick. So that's at my number four, number three, it's a powerful name. Um, it's something that will always be around, even though he is now gone. Um, Motorhead, just dynamite. the name of a bit. It, it, it was just like you said, dynamite name. It's just a powerful name. Number two, going to go on to the hip hop scene, a tribe called quest. Now, this is something where, you know, when, uh, you know, they were originally known as Quest, and then they became a tribe called Quest, and it, it was just a name that always stuck, man. If you just say it, man, it just sticks to your tongue, man. It's just such a cool name. And number one, they're not around anymore. I just absolutely love this name because, listen, when you name your band after Fish himself, it's absolutely amazing. At number one, Abe Vigoda. <laughs> oh, yeah. So that's my list, man. You know what, man? I was going to go with some funky stuff, man, and, you know, shithole kickers and, you know, all, all these, you know, uh, a band where just it is, it's three exclamation points, better known as Chick, Chick, Chick. Uh, you know, it's just some funky names, man, some crazy names uh, in a world of rock and hip-hop and, and whatnot and country. And, uh, you know, but, you know, that's my five. So, uh, you know, just you know, just names that really just always stuck out to me. I always thought it was either a, a cool name or a powerful name or something like I said before. Just you know, just stuck to your tongue, and uh, you know, so Halloween, um, and you will know us by the Trail of the Dead, Motorhead, A Tribe Called Quest, and Ava Goda is my top five. Uh, Jeff going top five with a tie at number five. Big Head Todd and the Monsters, Chumbawamba, um, Tub Thumping, absolutely awful song. Number four, The The. Three, six pence, none the richer. Two, the butthole surfers, and one, the gr the great red hot chili peppers. Awesome list, man. Gotta love these lists, dude. Yeah, there was a there again. I started going through some names, and uh, I was kicking around. Um, Kaja Gugu was one that just always made me laugh, and uh, 
they're so here today and, and going tomorrow kind of thing. Uh, one that I always loved creatively, but to me it wasn't funky enough, I guess, was NXS. Four yes. simple letters, I-N-X-S, but it was so creative because it said so much with so little. That was always a great one. Didn't quite make my list because I didn't think it was quirky enough, but uh, that's the one I always loved. That was a great, great creative name. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. All right, man. So it's about 7.38 here at the Stoop. Uh, in just a little bit, we're going to be joined by uh, Neil Middleton and Sean Hennessy of Royal Bliss. Really looking forward to that. So uh, we've got some things to discuss here and some current events and some news going on. But unfortunately, once again here at the Stoop, uh, we start our uh, POD, which we call as point of discussions, off with some somber news as former Mega Death drummer and current Ohm drummer Nick Menza uh, passed away just a couple of days ago. Um, unfortunately, uh, was during a concert, man, went into a third song, and it looked like he had a, a heart attack. So right now they're saying that Nick Mensa passed away from heart failure uh, at the age of 51. It's Listen, man, I, you know me, man. I love Megadeth. I've, I've spoken about Megadeth so many times on this on this show, and I've you know just came from seeing them on their dystopia tour. Uh, unfortunately, Nick Mensa wasn't with them, and Chris Adler from Lamb of God was. Never got to see pretty much the iconic Megadeth lineup, I think, where – you know, it's the Rust and Peace lineup with Nick Menza on the drums. And I never got to see that lineup, unfortunately. But when you look at, uh, you know, Rust and Peace and, um, you know, just, you know, just the albums that Nick Menza did with Megadeth, he, he was just a phenomenal, phenomenal drummer, man. And then he went off and, you know, started doing his own stuff and, you know, was drumming for Ohm. And then, you know, Dave Mustaine comes out and say, you know, we, we've always talked about Nick Menza coming back. It just didn't work. Um, you know, but this is just heart heartbreaking news, um, you know, in, in the world of rock. And, you know, 2016, man, just keeps taking them, Jeff. It just doesn't stop. And now 2016 has took drummer Nick Menza, man. It's insane. Yeah, tough loss. I know you're a, uh, I know you're a massive uh, Megadeth guy. And uh, I was a big Megadeth guy, a great band. Uh, loved Dave Mustaine. And uh, it's tough. It's a tough loss. Like I said, 51 years old, a pretty young guy. Um, doing something he loves, drumming, like I said, just dying on stage is, uh, <laughs> that's really the way to go as a rock star, but, you know, uh, tragically, and uh, it's sad, it's always sad news, and we hate to do it, we got away last week, we jinxed it, by saying we uh, didn't have anybody yeah. who, uh, and, uh, you know. Yeah, absolutely, Talk and also, you know what, man, we got to send a shout out to him, man, because, listen, he lived a long, damn good life, Alan Young passed away at 96 years old. You've known best as Wilbur from Mr. Red. He's also the voice yeah. of uh, Scrooge McDuck and DuckTales and Haggis McHaggis from Ren and Stippy. The guy has just been around forever. And, uh, you know, I honest to God thought he passed away a couple years back. So uh, when I saw that coming on, I was like, wait a minute, didn't he, you know, didn't he die already? But, you know, what a what a long, good life. Um, you know, it sucks that he's gone. But at the same time, it's not as somber because he lived a, a very good, full, rich, complete life. But then you look at somebody like a Nick Menza, uh, you know, taken away way, way too soon. And uh, going into being taken away too soon today is, you know, and, and I always hate that they call it an anniversary. But, uh, you know, it's the anniversary of 17 years since the tragic passing of uh, former WWE wrestler Owen Hart. Um, I cannot believe that it's been 17 years, man. Yeah, it, it seems uh, a lot more recent. Um, and then seeing old footage of Owen Hart was kind of like yesterday, the guy was wrestling. Just an uh, outstanding wrestler from a great wrestling family in the uh, absolutely disastrous way he, he fell to his death. Um, something that sticks with WWE and every performer that ever steps on that stage, sure, forever. It's just horrible, horrible way. And uh, 
said, always liked Owen Hart. He uh, came from nothing as far as uh, being a small-time guy and uh, made a name for himself. Got under Brett's shadow and became a good wrestler on his own. Oh, he he was a phenomenal wrestler. Let me tell you, one of the most underrated wrestlers and one of the best wrestlers, man. Technical, acrobatic. The guy really could do it all. Um, you know, to a certain point, I always thought Owen was a better wrestler than Bret Hart. He was just younger, and Bret was up there and bigger and had the name. If Bret Hart wasn't around, um, would you have saw an Owen? Who knows? But at the same time, um, you know, once Bret left for WCW and then Owen was there by himself, I thought that that was going to be the big, big thing for Owen Hart. But then the WWE stupidly with the gimmicks and a lot of the crap bringing back the Blue Blazer. And, uh, you know, pretty much that's that's how he died, you know, uh, at the Over the Edge pay-per-view in Kansas City in uh, 1999, you know. He was supposed to come down from the rafters, a stunt that's done before, and uh, pretty much just fell the 78 feet landing chest first onto the top rope. Uh, you know, I remember watching the pay-per-view and it just blacking out, and it, it was it was something, man. It's something that I still remember. You know, it's 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 things like that you always remember. I, I you know what? I lived in New York City on 9/11, and I try to compare it to him, just talking about the impact you know, uh, of, of what Owen's death has, you always remember it like it was yesterday. And then when I look at it, May 23rd, 1999, Owen Hart never saw the year 2000, man. And we're in 2016, getting close to 2017, man. And it just blows my mind, Jeff. Absolutely cr- insane, man. It's sad. It, it really is. Um, you hate losing young performers. And like I said, again, in that style, and you just talked about the the way the fall and just landing and, can't even imagine being there ringside and watching that happen. I mean, the mental effect it's got to have when you witness that. It's just, well. Yeah, absolutely insane, man. All right, let's get into uh, little happier things here because, uh, unfortunately, man, you know what? Since we rebranded the radio show at the beginning of 2016, man, and it started with the great Lemmy Kilmeister's death, we're just pretty much every show or every other show, man, uh, we're having to discuss somebody passing away tragically and uh, – it sucks, dude. So um, let's go over to a little sports talk, man. NHL playoffs, man. St. Louis Blues and the San Jose Sharks tied at two games apiece. Tampa Bay Lightning leading the Pittsburgh Penguins 3-2. to two. Jeff, are you still going with Blues and Lightning in the Stanley Cup Finals? Uh, sticking with it. I really, really like what I see out of Tampa Bay. Last night's ending was outstanding. They were down 2 nothing uh, and stayed in that game. I, I really think they, they Pittsburgh blew it by going back with Marc-Andre Fleury I know it sounds weird, but I just think it was a bad move. Near the end of the game, he looked beat. When he uh, got beat on that wraparound for the tie, tie, he just looked like he had no chance to get across the other side of the net. And uh, I, I said it before. I've been saying it all along. Tampa has the stuff to run with Pittsburgh. And, I, you know, if they get past Pittsburgh, I, I think they've got a, a smooth sail of the cup. That Blue Shark series is weird. Uh, every night, a different team shows up. So mm-hmm. that's hard to predict. But I still think the Blues can uh, get it in seven. I like to see Tampa get it. Blues and six, man. Still calling it, man. Two more games, baby. And Blues are finally going to the Stanley Cup Finals, and they're going to knock off the Tampa Bay Lightning. That's what I feel. Wow. The win it all, huh? Goalie oh, yeah, team. man. Listen, I, 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 I always root. Listen, I'm a huge New York Rangers fan, man, but somewhere, and I don't know how, and I don't know if that's when Wayne Gretzky went to the Blues, something happened there where, you know, I always kind of root for them, man. If the Rangers aren't in that hunt, man, and they're not in the playoffs – 
I always root for them, man, to uh, go. And uh, over the last few years, I've always picked them to get to the Western Conference Finals. And I've, uh, you know, they always just come up short. They have good teams. They always come up short. But this year, man, I think it's finally it for St. Louis. Um, NBA playoffs, the Golden State Warriors and the Oklahoma City Thunder. The Thunder leading two games to one and out in the East, the Cleveland Cavaliers, two games to one over the Toronto Raptors. That game is tonight. Two things for you. Are you shocked that Toronto won a game? And at the same time, are you shocked that the Thunder are pretty much manhandling the Golden State Warriors? Uh, not shocked that Toronto won a game. I figured they would get at least one, maybe two. They might pull out another game. Uh, keep it exciting. I mean, it's definitely Cleveland's conference, and uh, anything can happen. Um, I give credit to Oklahoma Thunder. They hit stride at the right time. They've gotten red hot. They're playing real good basketball. Um, during a lunch break today, I was sitting upstairs, and I'm watching um, Stephen A. Smith, and it'll make you crazy how all of a sudden, after a two-game-to-one Thunder lead, he's buried Golden State. Golden State's done. They lose tomorrow, they're done. This is it. Golden State's finished. Uh, you know, if Golden State wins in Game 4, he will be kissing their ass. And if there's anybody here who has a connection to Stephen A. Smith that's listening, tell me one of them on the show. I'd like to talk to him sometime. The guy is such a flip-flop and such a front-runner. Oh, oh, my God. He is, he's terrible. Today was ridiculous listening to him. Uh, yeah, I give credit to Oklahoma City. I think they can pull it off. I think Golden State got a little bit ahead of themselves. Curry hasn't been perfectly healthy. Uh, they've gotten a little out of character because they're actually getting um, – a challenge here. So I, I think Oklahoma city can steal this thing. It would be nice, you know, right before um, the free agency breaks it up. It'd be nice to see Kevin Durant try to bring a, a title to uh, a town like Oklahoma. That'd be terrific. Absolutely, man. And uh, some news coming out of the NBA world just a little bit ago, Draymond Green will not be suspended for game four. If you didn't see it, man, uh, he pretty much uh, did a nice kick to the, uh, to the <laughs> testicular region of Sam Adams. Um, you saw it. What did you think? Well, first of all, you said Sam Adams, and in honor of that, I'm drinking uh, Sam Adams Porch Rocker tonight. So, uh, there you go. kicking the ball, you know, there's a salute. Tough. Like they were saying again on, on uh, all the sports networks, it's basketball. He's driving to the lane. You, you can't just drop your legs to the ground. You'd, you'd break your ankles. Was it exaggerated a little bit, the little kick? Maybe. But uh, it's hard to suspend him. It's a nif call. And it's you know, you're really taking it into your hands and changing the game if you're going to decide to make a call like that, that a foot goes up in the air when a guy drives a lane is suddenly a uh, punishable uh, crime. So I think they made the right move. Yeah. And, yes, I know everybody is Stephen Adams. I just love calling them Sam Adams because it's pretty funny. Uh, it's but, yes, man, Steve Adams took a <laughs> kick to the balls from Draymond Green, man. And it's like, you know, come on, man. It was it was blatant, man. You know, how the hell is that guy not being suspended? And I like Draymond Green. It's just something like that, man, shouldn't fly, dude. Should not fly at all. It's tough. It's, it's such a marginal call. Uh, I mean, even when it looks blatant. We, we've seen it in hockey. We've seen it in football. You see it in every sport. I mean, like the pitcher that throws at the guy's head and then shrugs his shoulders like, what? That's completely an accident. I mean, come, you know better <laughs> in competitive sports. These things are going to happen. Yeah. Also, man, my New York Knicks, man, going the route nobody thought, and I'm super excited about it, hiring Jeff Hornacek as their new head coach, man. Super excited about it. I kind of like it. I like Hornacek. Um, a, a Kind of a quiet player, guy that could shoot the three, and a good team player. 
I, I kind of like it. I think he's got the smarts to go out and coach and uh, hope the team cooperates for the guy. And I think it's a, a right move for the Knicks at this time. Yeah. What 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 I like about Jeff Hornacek is he's not a triangle guy. He's not one of Phil Jackson's guys. This is outside of the box. He loves to play up-tempo, pick-and-roll, which I think just really plays to the strengths of Carmelo Anthony and Chris Stapp's Porzingis. Um, you know, now they actually have to go out and get a point guard since they didn't like the point guard position for the uh, triangle offense. But with Hornacek's system, you need a point guard. You need a good shooting guard. You need a good swing forward that can shoot coming off the bench as well. So I'm really excited about it. Um, Man, I seriously, I'm giddy about it, man. I really wanted David Blatt more so than I wanted Frank Vogel. Deep down somewhere, I was interested in Hornacek. Didn't see them going anywhere near Hornacek with the two names of Blatt and uh, Vogel being, uh, you know, pretty much available. And all of a sudden, while they were still available, boom, Hornacek gets hired by, uh, you know, Phil Jackson and Nick. So I think that's freaking awesome, man. Really excited about it. Can't wait for the New York Knicks basketball season next season. All right, but let's get into some movie talk, man. And read something today, man. And I want to get your opinion on this. Mighty Ducks 4 could be happening. What do you think of that? And this is coming from uh, from the two actors that played Averman and Charlie Conway. What do you think, man? Oh. <sighs> I think it's terrible. <laughs> I think it's a movie that should have stopped really after two. Uh, three wasn't all that good either. Uh, a great first movie. The Mighty Ducks was a terrific first movie. And the uh, hockey franchise came out of it in the NHL. And the second one was kind of neat with an Olympic-style um, like world team. But, I mean, the, the flavor of it's gone. I, I don't know where you're going with it. There's only so much you can do with it with a hockey team. And uh, the legend of uh, coach first mentor kind of thing. And Turned off. I know you tagged me in Facebook. I went to read it, and I was turned off probably within about eight seconds of reading the article. Not in it. I'm really hoping it's a fluke. I really am. Well, I'm I'm actually friends with Scott White, the actor who played Gunnar Stahl in Mighty Ducks 2, and was also uh, on on the uh, high school team in Mighty Ducks 3. Um, So maybe we can get him on and talk about that and see what he thinks. I could tell you what he thinks, but... Yeah. <laughs> Listen, man, you know what? A lot of these people love the franchise and they wouldn't mind seeing it back. And at the same time, what's Amelia Westervez doing? That's true. Man, that, that That is true. Guess the, uh, that's definitely a guy you can get without a problem, I would think. Listen, Hans is gone. And uh, what was the second guy's name? I think Jan, right? Hans and Jan. And Jan is dead, too, the actor. Died in yeah. 2009. Hans is, uh, I believe he's gone too, man. He was in a lot of movies, that guy. He was in uh, he was in Bill and Ted, man. He was the guy coming out of the, uh, you know, trying to kill them. Can't remember his yeah. name, but, you know, listen, it, it would be interesting to see how they do it. We, we're getting all these, um, you know, sort of reboots where it's, you know, you look at Girl Meets World. It's Corey and Topanga, but it's based on their kids and how they grew up after Boy Meets World and how they're using all of the stuff we saw in Boy Meets World to raise their kids in Girl Meets World. We're seeing the same thing in Fuller House. I kind of like that, man. Is is Charlie Conway going to be the new Emilio Estevez? You know, is he going to be the one coaching? Is Emilio Estevez going to make some cameo and he's going to come in and help lead them to victory? It's it's kind of enticing, man. It really is, man. It, it really is. I, I, I love this series, and I actually like three. I know a lot of people didn't, but I like three. 
and uh, would love to see, uh, you know, just would love to see what kind of crap that they would do with it, to be honest. All but right, well, you're, uh, just, you're just done with, with uh, reboots, though, man. Yeah, you can have my ticket. You can have my ticket to that. You can have my ticket to Lethal Weapon 5. You can have my ticket to the new Ghostbusters. Uh, it's all you, man. Knock it out. Give me your review and let me know what you think. Hey, listen. <laughs> the, the actor who played Hans, Josh Ackland, is still alive, living in England. Wow. Yep. Deep into his 80s. It's a damn shame that they killed him. But, hey, could he be that ghost that comes back and talks to Charlie Conway? That would be pretty damn cool. This, we're not doing Obi-Wan Kenobi here, man. It's not going to come back and tell him to use the Force. Use the Force, man. For the Mighty Ducks, get him going. Oh, man. That's tough. Really tough. Yeah, yeah. also Lethal Weapon 5, man. You know what? I, I, I was hoping for it years back, another lethal, you know, lethal Weapon. I, I've always loved, loved, loved the Lethal Weapon series. With the way Mel Gibson and Danny Glover are now, man, I don't know how that's going to work, dude. Yeah, I'd... Um... It's going to be, it would be, I should say, really hard to watch because you got a very much older Mel Gibson who's been really put through the ringer with his uh, vulgar... Um, well, the whole anti-Semitism were, and, yeah, you know... Male stuff and, yeah, he, he's a mess. So, does anybody really want to see it? Is he going to be funny anymore? Does he have it? Um, I, I'm not interested. Just just not interested anymore. And, no, no. And, you know, things got to be put to rest sometimes. No, I think it uh, really just uh, just sailed, you know, just that ship has sailed. And Shane Black, who's uh, promoting his new film, The Nice Guys, who actually pretty much wrote it, said it was essentially an older, um, an older Riggs and Murtaugh in New York City. Don't know exactly what it was going to be based on, but we'll never know because it's not going to happen. Danny Glover, 69, Mel Gibson, 60 years old. So and there's a, a perfect example is, you know, Massive Star Wars guy, humongous Harrison Ford fan. But I got to say, in The Force Awakens, watching Han Solo and Princess Leia was tough. Han Solo was just so old. It just wasn't there. And it's hard. I mean, the, what happened to him was, was, and it really made me upset for a longtime Star Wars guy. But, nah, man, a guy who's close to 70 years old, getting in that outfit and trying to run around and play with blasters, it, it wasn't working for me. No offense. <laughs> it, it's not working Oh, man. All right, dude. Well, we're going to be joined by our guests right now. And uh, coming on the line is Neil Middleton and Sean Hennessy of Royal Bliss. Bliss, excuse me. Neil, how are you doing tonight? You're doing wonderful. How are you guys doing? We're hey, doing Neil. great. Sean, how are you doing, too, man? I'm good, man. Can you guys hear me okay? Yeah, perfect. Perfect. We can yeah, hear good. you guys. All right. Both real good. So uh, we're going to float some questions out, and we'll do a little one-by-one if you guys want to jump in and, uh, you know, help each other out or talk over one another. We like that here. So uh, (laughs) I'll (laughs) I'll float one to Neil real quick. Um, Your band, Royal Bliss, has a new EP coming out called The Truth, and the first video for it, which is We Are All Living the Dream, which just watched a little bit ago, awesome stuff. It's pretty much made its way to CMT, and, uh, you know, it's just floating around in there. Uh, tell us a little bit about the new EP and the tour you guys are currently on. Yeah, we're actually we're hitting the road again tomorrow, just helping to promote, kind of push the EP release. Um, just going to head out to the Midwest. We got a show out there in Hannibal, Missouri, that we do once a year, and um, then we get we're playing a show with Travis Tritt for Brock Fest, which is a big wow. 
party in Wisconsin. It's, it's like a free, probably the world's largest free festival. And it's, you know, thousands and thousands of people just eating bratwurst and drinking beer. So it's a pretty fun environment. Um, oh, take it for me. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a good odor through the air there, too. It's pretty awesome. <laughs> Um, but yeah, and then we head back to Utah and, and Idaho and Wyoming, uh, closer to home. It's really hot. The CD it hits June third on on iTunes and worldwide throughout you know physical and digital. So we're doing a big ass show out here in Utah. Bring our old friends Candlebox with us as well, um, which you know Memphis has a has a history with those guys playing with mm. them for a long time and and. I don't know. It's a, it's kind of a new direction. The truth. It's uh, everybody's calling it country, and for us, you know, it's it's got a country vibe. I mean, it definitely fits more in the country world than it does in the new rock world because rock's turned into so much metal, and what is not a metal band. So it's definitely more of a southern rock kind of vibe, and and uh, so we're we're excited for everybody to hear it. Hopefully, they'll like it as much as we do. Yeah, absolutely, man. So, uh, you know, speaking of Candlebox, Sean, in the past you worked with Candlebox, you worked with Live, uh, and, and of course, Gracious Few. Uh, what drew you to Royal Bliss and uh, made you pick up and, you know, move to Salt Lake and just join the guys? We're all the same age. <laughs> that always works. Uh, <laughs> no, I uh, I was friends with the guys. I just knew them. Uh, they mm. toured with Candlebox in 2009, and uh, I just got along with them. Uh, I used to hop up on stage and play a song with them um, periodically throughout the tour. Um, just hit it off, and then randomly with Gracious Few and Candlebox touring through the next several years, uh, our paths would occasionally cross, and we'd do some shows together again here and there. And then they called me up um, a couple years ago out of the blue just to see if I can fill in for Taylor. And I was like, hell yeah, I'll, I'll come out and jam. Yeah. And then did a week run with them. And then at the end, they're like, you just want to join the band? And I'm like, yes. And I think one of the reasons that really drew him to me is I was comfortable coming mm-hmm. into the band. Because I already knew the guys. I, was not like, I didn't really have much age shows. I was kind of like, I know these guys. Like, and I felt accepted instantly. And they listened to my opinions, which was nice. I was like, okay, cool. Like, they're listening to what I actually have to say. And um, either internally of the band or business and my creative ideas was, was all received uh, full with everybody, so that was a big uh, draw, I guess, for my own personal musicianship. Yeah. Well, yeah, that, like they the were group, 20 years older than you, so that's always good. Say what? I said, yeah, that, and they weren't 20 years older than you, so that really helped. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go, exactly. Oh, man. So, uh, Neil, uh, Royal Bliss is, has pretty much been around for a long, long time, going strong for about 20 years now, and uh, you guys have always stayed true to your sound. You got that rock, you got that country all mixed together real well. Um, you know, pretty much when you were, you know, getting started out and starting Royal Bliss with the fellas, you know, who were, you know, some of the sounds that you grew up on that, you know, kind of influenced the sound of Royal Bliss? Um, Little Mermaid, she was a big influence. Um, <laughs> I loved a lot of her songs. And um, Johnny Cash, a Little Mermaid, they were probably two of the biggest. Um, no, I mean... <laughs> it's a big mix, you know, and especially everybody in the band. Everybody kind of had a pretty broad spectrum of music that they listened to, and, and that was a cool thing because it all kind of worked together, and it wasn't just one style of music that, you know, anybody listened to. It was a, it was broad, you know. I, I grew up yeah. in old school country, and 
And then at that time when we started, you know, I was listening to a lot of Sublime and 311 and mixed with, you know, Led Zeppelin and Pearl Jam and The Doors mm. and, and uh, you know, taking a lot of acid and mushrooms and listening to Pink Floyd and shit like that. So it was, kind of, <laughs> it, was uh, it was a lot more, um, I don't know, it was just really diverse. So when we started, it was kind of an interesting sound that the band had. I'm going to write to speak freely on here, right? Yeah, absolutely, man. Go for it. Okay, good. Yeah, because yeah, okay. So, um, <laughs> so it's, it was kind of it was interesting to get everybody together at, at that time. You know, refresh some of us still in high school, and and you know we kind of had this almost reggae rock metal vibe. It was it was interesting. There'd be some songs that were pure reggae, some songs that were like rock ballads, some songs that were like death metal, and so we were a little confused in the beginning, but. Uh, <laughs> You know, it was, you know, as you, as you grow up, it's just an evolution, you know, and that's a lot of people have been like, oh, no, you're going country. I'm like, no, nah, it's just where we're at in life right now. And, you know, back then it was all about drugs and girls and, and boozing and having a good time. And so that's kind of our style of music that was just that vibe. And then life happens and you actually fall in love with one of those girls and then you realize that you're drinking too much and you need to stop and then you sign record deals and get involved with the business and it just becomes real. And so then you get angry and write angry rock songs and then <laughs> kind of come out of the end and where we're at right now, you know, it's like I'm, I'm out in the suburbs with a beautiful wife and two healthy kids, a cat, a dog and a white fence. So it's like, I just don't, I'm not angry anymore. You know, I like, it's almost like it's come full circle. It's back to, I just like having a beer and hanging out with friends and, and chilling, so um, you know it's an evolution of music that has happened since day one for this band, and and we've always stayed true to who we are. I think that's the that's the key thing. Where it's you know people say your music's changed, and it's like of course it's changed because we change as people. If I'm yeah. still playing the same music and the same style that I was when I was 19, something's fucking wrong. Yeah. So you know it's just one of those things where if you're in a band, you need to evolve, or else you die, or you just become non-relevant. And so we've just stayed true to who we are, like in the lyrics and everybody, of course, we love playing. So, you know, like and Sean can speak for himself on this too, but you know, you, every year you want to get better at playing the guitar. You want to be a better lyricist. You want to be a better songwriter mm. because we love it. You know, and I mean, we've, there's been no other option. There's no fallback plan. I'm not going to go back and be a produce guy at super target again. It's going to be, you know, it's music or nothing. And so you have to evolve and get better and better. And that's what we've done. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Are you are are you guys you know just happy with where everything is at right now with Royal Bliss? You know, was was there always something where you thought you know you would be somewhere further, or you would just you know not be stagnant? Like you, you guys are like happy that you know Royal Bliss has this big following now, and you know you're pretty much doing your own thing. It's interesting, you know. It's it's one of those things where it's that carrot on the string, you know, or the Twinkie in my case, or a bag of Cheez-Its in my case, where <laughs> you you got to get that bag of Cheez-Its, and they're yeah. just dangling it on that string. And and at a certain point, you're like, you know what? I've eaten. You have those moments where it's like, I've eaten enough Cheez-Its. I don't need any more Cheez-Its, and I'm content mm-hmm. where I'm at, you know. And and you know, we've built a following, and we have these markets that are good. And, but then you keep writing these songs, and you just keep striving to want to get to that next level, whatever that next level will be, you know. It's always been my dream to travel the world and make money playing music, you know, and, and 
so I think that's the next step for us and, and the fans and everybody who's stuck with us and never let it, you know, you're going to keep going and playing music or I'll kill you. And, you know, I got your band tattooed on my butt yesterday, so you better keep going until, you know, <laughs> you can't do it anymore. And, and so, you know, it's like you have an obligation to the fans, but, you know, we have an obligation to ourselves. You know, when we started this, it wasn't like, oh, we're just going to play in a band to get chicks and, and make money. It was, you know, I love being on stage. There's nothing like it. I want to be able to do that until I'm old and gray, and, you know, fall dead on stage when I'm 82 or something like that. But, and it's, uh, I don't know, it's, it's, there's, there's always that next step. You know, I'm sure you guys have the same thing where you want to push yourselves and, Absolutely. And, uh, Absolutely. And, yep. one, and, 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 yeah, so it's that cheese it on the string. We can see that bag of cheese it's again. And now we have a nice tour bus, and we're doing all these huge festivals this year. And, you know, CMT gave us a world premiere, and we're, we're starting to move back up that mountain again. You know, you have those moments where you plateau, and then you see the peak, and it's like, all right, the door's open, start running. And, you know, I, the sky's the limit for this band right now. I think we're better than we've ever been, and we have the right – crew behind us, we have the right team and I'm gonna eat Cheez Its till the day I'm dead. <laughs> Cheez Its are good, man. Cheez Its are good. Uh Sean, so much, um, oh, forget about it, man. They're awesome. Sean, <laughs> the uh you know, going back to you joining Royal Bliss, the guys basically described your playing as adding a new vibe uh to their music. They're an established band, you're coming in and you're adding that whole new element. Uh, you know, what's that feel like, man, to you? Um, I guess I didn't realize I was doing it until people started telling me I was doing it, if that mm. makes any sense. I still yeah. don't think I realize I'm doing it. I think I'm just playing my guitar, which resonates my personality. Mm-hmm. Um, um, so, yeah, I mean, I just came in, and I have all these ideas just sitting in my brain that only so much of an ADD mind as myself, like, I'll be going full speed, <laughs> the next thing you know, I'm, I'm eating Cheez-Its. You know, I'm just like, what happened? <laughs> I was just, I was just washing my car, and now I'm, now I'm up the street eating cheese. It's like, what just happened in those two seconds? So like, when I try to get my ideas out, you know, like I, that's why I appreciate like solo artists, that like, like real people that play like Steve I, for example. Like the guy is crazily talented, and way oh. too much for me now, but he writes everything in that and on his music. I mean, the drums. I mean, every. I don't have the patience to do that, and I like to collaborate more than anything. So. Like, my, these ideas that I have were just, like, sitting in this, this bank and coming in and finding out that Taylor and I have a very similar style of playing, um, but yet he can teach us back and forth, you know, like, every time we jam together. And then he might play something, and I'm like, wait a minute, I have a riff very similar to that riff. Let me remember it. I'm like, here you go. And then those two riffs might combine to make a whole other song just out of those two riffs. So I guess... I mean, it feels great, and I'm glad I can bring an element that people are enjoying and um, to the band. So, yeah, it's just my brain on music. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, That's awesome. As a, as a band, I mean, how, how we've always been, you know, we kind of, and I think to be a successful band that's been around for so long, everybody has to have a voice. And so no matter if it's, you know, Sean coming in at the very beginning, we wanted his opinion, and we wanted him to feel a part of the band and feel welcome because... You know he is the he's the fifth member, and it's tw- it's twenty percent across the board that everybody kicks in and tells their opinion, and and is a part of it. You know, where it's almost like you're forced. You, you know, you better have a voice because <laughs> we, mm-hmm. you know, everybody's got a different vibe, and they got to add, 
you know, add to it. I, I don't know why I reference food so much, but it's like making a really good pizza, and then you know, you got to put your ingredients in there, you know, to make the perfect pizza. I like to eat. Sorry. And my my <laughs> ingredients, my ingredients is pineapple and red onion. <laughs> yeah. And it works. Man, I think I'm gonna have to go get some food after the show tonight. So. <laughs> yeah, I'm getting hungry. Starting to get a little hungry here. Um, you know, there so you go. Neil, go. Going back to Royal Bliss and, and, you know, the whole beginnings, you know, you guys say, you know, that you've just been true to yourselves and true to each other and you guys have been around for 20 years now. You guys have been through some shit, man. Um, you know, you hmm. fell off a building and, man, you were fucked up for a long time. And, yeah. you know, how you know how did you guys get through all of that and you're still all together and you're all there and you're just rocking out still, man? You know, I mean, there's there's been a million things. That was definitely one of the pinnacles because we had started to get some attention from record labels and people outside of Utah and started touring a bit, and we were in a good spot, and I fell off about 35 feet, and I broke my sacrum in half and my pelvis, and they didn't know if I'd ever walk again. And and, uh, and it was at a critical time where I think we had a meeting with Sony the week after that. We had a big show in Salt Lake a couple of days after that. And... and uh, so it was it was really weird, you know, for everybody in the band. It's like, oh, we're going to make it. Here we are. And then that happens. It was just another bump in the road. And people in the band, you know, a lot of the other guys figured it was over with. But, you know, I was determined to tell, you know, show them that it wasn't. And I was going to get back. I was going to get out of that damn wheelchair and, and back on the stage. And, you know, three months later, I did. And, uh, I mean, it took a lot of convincing, you know, on my part to be like, you know, we, we're not giving up. And I think whenever, at that moment, whenever we pulled together and did that next record, went in the studio, I, I found an investor to help us out, and, and we paid off the old manager that tried to screw us, and and we started moving forward, and, and the band just kind of at that moment was like, all right, we're going to do this, and I think it made us a lot stronger, and from that basically, by that moment, when I fell off that building, it was just a series of shit for a year, you know, like, Fire in the studio, Jake rolled his car three times, Chris put a ski through his face and broke his jaw, we got mm. sued, we were in the studio for three months and didn't get one song recorded and already spent like $20,000 because the guys at the studio were just jack-offs and, and so I mean it was just a, bit, just a, a year of pure shit that we were just like, no, we were going to keep moving forward and pretty much after that there was nothing that could stop us, I mean there was moments of you know, like when we signed to Capitol Records and it got bought out, we didn't know if our record was going to come out. We had to do it all on our own again, you know, where you go from a total high of we're signed with Capitol with the president and we got an amazing record and they're pumped on it to two weeks after you finish the album, the guy that signed you got fired and they, they, who knows what's going to happen with your damn record. But for us, it was just like, yeah, fuck it. We're just going to keep moving forward. And, <laughs> you know, there's a lot of bands, I mean, the majority of bands out there would have would have just folded and just been like, oh, this is bullshit. I can't put up with this and would have gone yeah. home. And, you know, but us, instead of, I mean, we're a family. We're brothers and, and like I said, this is what we want to do for a living. And any career, if you're going to be successful at it, you're going to have, you're going to have to deal with some stuff and just, you know, just persevere and not give up. So, um, I mean, man, the, the stories that we could tell just from the smallest ones to it's just incredible. And everyone's like, you should write a book. But I'm like, no one's going to give a shit about the book or a movie until we actually make it to the top of the mountain. So 
Yeah. You know, it's like that's part of it. You know, they want to see a happy ending, and we we want to see it too. So hopefully, hopefully there'll be a trilogy fucking movie <laughs> coming out on Royal Bliss here in about ten years. It'll be like, oh my gosh, <laughs> you know, we're we're a true rock band. It's you know almost like those classic stories where people are going to be amazed when we finally tell them. Yeah, so, yeah, so absolutely. I talk a lot. Shit I, you guys been through. I, I blab and blab, so feel free to shut me up whenever you want. <laughs> no, man, listen, man, we're, you know what, man, not only are we here to, you know, listen to the stories and, you know, get to know you guys, you know, our listeners want to hear it too, so, uh, you know, we really appreciate the stories. Um, cool. You guys also own a bar? Yeah, we have a bar called The Royal here in Salt Lake. We opened three years ago, pretty much to, wow. to the date, which we had just had our three-year anniversary last weekend, and yeah, it was, uh, that was just another thing, but that was at that moment where... You know, it was like I was content. I'm like, I'm going to open up a bar, kind of relax. I'll, you know, cut back on touring, maybe do, you know, five-song EP a year just to kind of keep doing music and stuff like that. Where I, I was almost getting comfortable where we were, where it's like oh, we had about 40 markets around the country that we could go tour and play and have a good time and yeah. and then open that bar. And then we had a single hit radio again, so then we were back on the road. And now this is all happening, and it's like, well, it's a good thing I have a partner that I trust because I'm never at the place. So, <laughs> but it's nice, it's nice to come home and go get a drink for free and eat, you know, cheeseburgers for free. So I like that part of it. <laughs> you go with the food again. <laughs> yeah, again, I know. <laughs> it's dinner time here in Salt Lake. So I'm hungry. Oh man, that's crazy. Uh, Jeff, I know you had something, uh, a question for Sean you wanted to ask him. Yeah. Um, John, seen you a couple of times around the uh, Philadelphia area when you were in town with some other bands. Uh, and then you were with uh, Live and Candlebox. You spent some time in York, PA. What's the music mm-hmm. scene like? Uh, what's the music scene like in the East Coast as compared to where you're at now in the West Coast? Huh. It's not much different. I mean, it's, it's all music. Everybody's. Uh, I lived in Philly for a brief moment of time for about okay. a year. And yeah. <laughs> um, I actually really like Philly. It grew on me very quick. Um, rude as hell, though. I will say that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Which made me was allowed to be an asshole. So I was like, all right, cool. I can be an asshole. And it's okay. Um, I remember. No, I feel like there was a lot of underground uh, music in Philly. Not like underground, like hip-hop or anything. Just like this like scene that was kind of artsy. I mean, at least I lived in Fishtown area. So, I mean, the scene that I saw, I'd go to a lot of clubs out there and venues. Um, out here, I mean, it's the same thing. It's just there's there's artists everywhere, musicians everywhere. There's so much music everywhere you go. Um, and again, never in my wildest dreams that I would have ever thought I would land in Salt Lake City. Um, but I love it here, and I have made a lot of friends in the music industry and just in the music scene out here by just going out, saying that I did it Philly. And then, yeah, I mean, it's pretty much the same out in both coasts, I guess. It's just depending on where you want to yeah. put your mind to and see how you see it. That's awesome. Yeah. Right, well. It's funny how you said yeah. uh, people are assholes in Philly and very rude. And I lived in New York City, man. I grew up there, and I I lived out in PA now for the last few years. And man, I thought I knew assholes until I moved to you know to Philly. So. <laughs> oh yeah, they're everywhere. Yeah, so pretty much I'm thinking you didn't want to join Royal Bliss. You just wanted to get away to, from freaking Philly. <laughs> well, no, I was, living in, I was living in Nashville at the time. Oh, I, just, okay. I lived in Nashville, and I lived there about a year and a half. 
But again, it was realistically like six months because I was on tour half the time. And then uh, I had gone through some life changes toward the end of that um, peak of Nashville. And then that's when they called me. So it was like a perfect, it was like the stars aligned for me. I was just like, here's an opportunity. I'm going to jump on this and like, and ride it. And I'm happy I did. And it's funny, I leave Nashville to join Royal Bliss. And now we're just back in Nashville all the time. <laughs> so I'm kind of comfortable with it. At least I know people when I go back. I'm like, oh yeah, I know where I am. Yeah, nice homecoming. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it goes full circle. So uh, Neil, so after this upcoming tour and the new EP coming out, what's on the horizon for you guys? Well, um, hopefully world domination and um, and lots mean, of food. Which I mean, <laughs> really, it's you know we've we're totally recharged with everything that's been going on and. We'll release the CP. We have some huge festivals we're doing. We're playing Lake Shake in Chicago. Um, we're doing Faster Horses out there in in, in uh, Michigan and getting to play the Gorge, which is like a dream come true, and playing the MGM Grand. I mean, there's a lot of really amazing shows that we've been throwing on this year. It's been teed up pretty well for us from you know our friends. We we did we wrote a lot of songs with our buddy. We've been friends with him for 16 years. His name is Monty Powell and uh, his wife, Anna Wilson, mm-hmm. and mainly the Ski Buddies, but he's he's written like 12 number one hits for you know Keith Urban and Lady Antebellum and Tim McGraw and all these country acts. And finally it was like, hey, man, let's, let's just write a record, not worry about it being rock or country or anything. Just, just write the way you want to write. And So we had a bunch of songs that we brought up to them, and we just collaborated and kind of tweaked them a little bit. And, and then they are the ones that introduced us to CMT, and then we just signed with William Morris, who's one of the biggest talent agencies in the entire world, which yeah. is another thing I never thought we'd do again. And we had three of the top agencies all kind of wanting us, and was just like, wow, this is, I mean, we're just enjoying the ride at this point. Like, this summer's going to be a hell of a ride. But it's also a hell of an opportunity for us, and I think we're embracing it. You know, I think uh, Royal Bliss has finally matured into what we, who we are, and I think a lot of people that are hearing this new music are just like, wow, you guys, you guys should have done this 10 years ago where this is, this is you. Where it just feels natural. It feels comfortable. And so I really think, you know, if all goes as we plan it, you know, we'll probably find another major label that we'll find a family, hopefully a, a good one with by the end of the year. And then next year we'll hopefully just kind of take the next step into being a, a major national touring act that, you know, is making $2 billion every show. That's possible, right? Is that possible somewhere out there? It's it, it's possible. It's it's possible. So that <laughs> that'll be nice. I was just saying, man, when when you guys are in the Philly area, you know, pizza is on us. But if you guys are making two billion dollars, man, the pizza is going to be on you guys. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I'll just buy a pizza place out there too. That's I mean, that's why I opened the bar is like so I can get free you know beer and cheeseburgers. So I'll just open a little place in every city around the country every at that city. point. <laughs> <laughs> that'd be great. I love that'd it. Be great, man. That'd be great, guys. It's called cheese. You always have a place to eat and a place to sleep, man. It's perfect, man. Everywhere you go. Exactly. Not oh, a bad man. idea, right there. I'll have to give you some royalties on that idea. There you go. Awesome stuff, man. <laughs> uh, so uh, the truth is being dropped when uh, in June. Yeah, June third it comes out worldwide. You can pre-order it right now on iTunes, and if you buy it right now, then you'll get our song that the that we did the video for, which is "We're All Living the Dream." So if you buy it right now, you'll get that song that you can listen to, and then it, it'll show up on uh, on the third, the whole rest of the record, which is a 
total of five songs. We have another five songs recorded, but we're kind of keeping those in our back pocket. We might release them in the fall, or mm-hmm. hopefully if we find somebody to work with, then we'll put them on the next record. But right now, I mean, we're just we're, we're enjoying it. The truth is, we're proud of the proud of the songs. We're proud of the way it turned out, the way it sounds, and and it's uh, I don't know, it's a good little five song dealio. And, you know, if you're anywhere in the country this year, we're probably going to make it to you. So come out and check it out. Absolutely, man. Looking forward to it. Uh, so, uh, you know, just want to thank you guys for taking the time out of your schedules to join us and uh, talk it out. But be- before I let you go, Neil, I got to ask you something real quick, man. Didn't know you did the voice. I saw the video today. There was assholes yeah. didn't turn their chairs around for you, which really made me angry. Um, <laughs> if you could do it all over again, do you do it? And do you choose a new song? No, I wouldn't do it. If I if I knew what I know now, I wouldn't do it again. Um, yeah. yeah. If I chose a different song, I bet I, I don't even know that they would have turned around for anything. I mean, it's, I kind of think it was a little pre preempted, but um, I think yeah. if they would have turned it, I don't think Royal Bliss would have survived if it was one of those things. It was already so stressful on the band. I mean, you're down there for four weeks filming that shit, and oh. it just wasn't wasn't what I do music for. It was just an artificial, weird world, and it's yeah. So it was a lapse in judgment on my part. Mm-hmm, <laughs> I wouldn't mm-hmm. do it again. Yeah, it's just funny because but, everybody, you know, when when they had the cameras on them, you saw Christina Aguilera, so Adam Levine, and 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 you you heard them going back and forth saying, "Oh, I like this. I like it. I like it." And yet, nothing. So uh, and, I think and you're right there. Fun. So yeah, it was. Uh, it was weird. The best part about about it was just meeting amazing people because there were so many cool, cool, amazingly talented musicians that I'm still friends with to this day. So that was the awesome. best part about it. Awesome stuff, man. Well, guys, seriously, thank you uh, for joining us tonight. Hopefully, we can get you back on in the future. So we're gonna let you go so you guys can go eat some dinner. <laughs> oh, <man>. Yeah. <laughs> thank you guys so much for having us on. You guys Appreciate awesome. Guys. Thanks, man. Thank, thank you, guys. Neil. Thank you, Sean. Uh, and that was Neil Middleton and Sean Hennessy of Royal Bliss. Really cool guys, man. Oh, outstanding guys. I said I met Sean before a couple of times uh, here in the Philly area, and uh, great sense of humor, fun guy to talk to, and uh, just seeing Neil and knowing there's a guy that Sean gets along with, knew he had to be good. And uh, great interview, great stories. Another band I'd love to get out here. I mean, and they they sound like they really believe in what they do and they love what they do, and uh, that's the kind of bands we like here on the stoop. We like getting bands that are passionate and guys that believe and these guys are they know they're winners man they believe in themselves and their music's great like i said i started getting into it this past weekend and a couple weeks before when they agreed to be on the show and uh i like it i like their stuff i like what they do absolutely absolutely and you can go check out their stuff at royalbliss.com uh you know saw the unofficial video today for we are all living the dream and it's and it's a great one neil sean they're all eating throughout the entire video it's good stuff (laughs) <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. They're not, but it's a great song and a good video. Uh, really cool guys. Um, you know, really can't wait to have them back on again in the future, right after the truth drops, and uh, maybe we can get a couple tracks and play them on here. So, I like it. Good, good stuff. Anyway, man, uh, May 30th next Monday, we will be back here live on Blog Talk Radio with the Stoop, and joining us is country singer Richard Lynch. Really cool guy, a Michael Stover guy, and we know we all fall in love with Michael Stover's uh, clients, really cool people. Uh, Richard Lynch, you can check him out at richardlynchband.com. He's going to be joining us May 30th, and uh, we're going to talk to him pretty much about everything, and we're going to play probably about three or four of his tracks, man. So uh, really looking forward to that one, Jeff. 
getting a little country here on the stoop. Sounds good. Need a little uh, diversity. I was never a uh, big country guy, but then uh, between Madeline Victoria and Donica Knight and uh, now Richard Lynch, uh, broadened my horizons a little bit, getting into the country scene and uh, dying to hear uh, his stuff and dying to hear what he's got to say, too. Uh, like I said, Michael Sturber guys, they really bring it. They're uh, class acts. And uh, I got to say, we've really lucked out with the guys we've had here. Uh, Brian Quinn was a classy guy. Uh, Sean and Neil tonight. And uh, all the Michael Stover acts and uh, Lilith and Sagan and uh, good groups, man. Musicians and uh, I like them. They're they're good people, man. Good conversations, great stuff. Absolutely, and you can check out all of those interviews here on Blog Talk Radio or by going to our official website at www.stoopradio.com. And pretty much we have everything up there from the beginning of January till now since we rebranded the Stoop and. The guest of the week is Danny Boy O'Connor from House of Pain and Lacoca Nostra. So check out his interview with Jeff and myself from just a few weeks ago, man. And, and, it, and it's crazy that it's been that long ago already, and it really feels like it was probably just a week ago, man. Yeah, yeah it feels like uh, quite a while back. But, uh, you know, only getting here once a week, it's, uh, it's a long time in between. And uh, trying to do it more often, folks. you got to uh, push us and listen to us and get us on the air so we can do this uh, night in and night out. And uh, Not to brag and not to pat ourselves on the back, but I think we bring great talent, we bring great stories, and a uh, pretty damn good show. I think it's something the world deserves to hear night in and night out. Amen to that. And uh, we're not going to announce any guests for June just yet. We will do that on Monday because we are working on some really big guests for June. We have one locked up so far and we're in the middle of working with some others. So tune in May 30th next Monday with our special guest country singer Richard Lynch as well as Jeff and I singing, dancing. And now we're going to eat because I'm starving thanks to Royal Bliss. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, they really got me fired up uh, probably pizza night. Um want to add something real quickly if I may because um, I know the uh, fiance gets to listen more and more at work now. Um, all the listeners out there yesterday, big day for us. She said yes to the dress. So the wedding dress is now in place. She's excited. I'm excited. Um, fun stuff. Uh, fun part of uh, your life. You got somebody there to share life with and a uh, smile on her face and uh, her excitement is my excitement. And I uh, just want to share that with all the listeners out there. Very nice, man. Very nice. Thanks. The union is going to happen. Beautiful stuff. And who's she marrying again? Oh, I'm just kidding. Uh, some, some idiot. <laughs> some asshole. <laughs> some douche. There's that oh, word. Man. Some douche. <laughs> some douche. Anyway, once again, you can check out our official website at www.stoopradio.com. On there, you can listen to some of our shows. You can look at our top five list. Not up. It's going to be up real soon, I promise. Uh, read our guest uh, testimonials. Learn about the stoop. Learn about me and Jeff. Well, learn about me because Jeff didn't write his bio yet. Um, <laughs> you can email okay. us if you want to. <laughs> that book report that just isn't getting done. <laughs> oh, man. Listen, man. Have your fiance do your science projects for you and get this going, man. So we can have there it posted go. and people can read about the shark and how uh, – you get your ass kicked uh, in, in in NFL pick'em games by women. So that's coming. Uh, we're we're heading Burn. to training camps. Man. It's coming. <laughs> anyway, and you can also go there and you can email us uh, if you want to ask us a question. You want to give us a comment. 
Um, or if you're an agent or a musician or an actor and you want to be a guest on here, you know, reach out to us. We'd love to have you. Uh, so check it out there. And uh, once again, thank you to Neil Middleton and Sean Hennessy of Royal Bliss for joining us tonight. Really, really cool guys. You can check them out at royalbliss.com. Uh, next Monday, we'll be joined by country singer Richard Lynch. So for Jeff the Shark Perini, I am Jonathan Raggetts. We'll see you all Monday. Good night, everyone. Let's eat.